Hi, I'm Nika. I'm Julianne. And this is Only Slightly Dead Inside, the podcast that puts the fun in functional depression. We are not doctors, trained therapists, or medically licensed in any way. Just so you know. Hello. Hi. Tell me everything. Well, I'm sitting in my closet. Kind of hot in here. So we haven't recorded in like a month, which... Oops. This whole thing has just come in so many different waves. And I feel like... After the last time we recorded, I kind of went through a bunch of, I need to be really lazy, then I'm going to be really productive. And I kind of went back and forth in those phases for a bit. And then I got this wave of overwhelm and I didn't do much for like a while. And then I suddenly was like, hey, I learned GarageBand so I can help edit now. (laughs) Because up until this last episode, Nika had done all of the physical editing and I was just being an annoying notes person. No, I like annoying notes because we usually do the very first post-recording pass sitting on the couch together right after we talk. So it was kind of hard to find a way in when so much of that process for doing that first edit is being together in physical space. And it's really hard to do that long distance when you have to be listening to something. We almost always do everything physically sitting together because it's just a little easier to bounce things off each other. But what are you going to do? Adapt. Adapt. It is Saturday, May 2nd, almost a month to the day since we last recorded. So you went through a great big don't want to do anything and now you want to do all the things. Yeah. And And then I crashed again a little bit. It's kind of just been like that. The very beginning of all this, I was in a lot of different moods every day and I like cycled through a lot of different emotions very quickly. And the last few weeks, it's been like three to five day chunks of mood. The week that I learned GarageBand and did the edits, I got a bunch of stuff done. I started relearning some music theory that I dropped when I was like 17. Like I just started picking shit up. And then I woke up one day and it was dark and rainy. And then I haven't done much since then. It's been really gross in New York and really rainy and really gloomy and really full of what I call 11 a.m. days. I feel like I've explained this before on the podcast. Time doesn't pass because it's so cloudy that like the light doesn't change and it feels like it's 11 a.m. all day, no matter what time it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, there's banging outside at seven. Exactly. So that's been most of the last couple of weeks. And today is one of the first days where it's actually nice enough that I have the windows open. I have not been outside yet today. But um, yeah, that's okay. I haven't made it outside today either. But I did a really, really long walk earlier this week. And it was stressful because there's too many people still not wearing masks or keeping their distance. I will say the majority of people were. But in a city like New York, it doesn't take that much of a minority to be making a difference in like increasing the stress level. Yeah. Also, none of the sidewalks in my neighborhood are actually wide enough for two people to be six feet apart. So when I see people that don't have masks on, I don't know, it just like it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and I just get all like, ah, when we go grocery shopping, I'm pretty much only going to my key food because I know a it's a union shop. So I know that there are things in place that might not be in place in other grocery stores. And they've got plastic bank teller barriers up in front of everybody at the cashier. And they're not letting anyone in the store without a mask on. I wish I lived near a more reasonable grocery store. I still do my Peapod deliveries every few weeks, which literally require being online at 1 a.m., 
to get the next available time for two weeks from then. I do that. And then in between, we go to Whole Foods, which I wish I didn't, but I don't have another option because the independent grocery store is very small and has no protection for their cashiers. Their cashiers wear masks and gloves, but they don't have the plexi things. Still feel like an asshole. And I did not go yesterday. May 1, I did not shop at any of the places. I've been going so far out of my way to not buy things on Amazon. And I had to because I couldn't find a bunch of things that I really, really actually needed. (laughs) That was total tangent. No, not really. Talking about workers' rights in a time where not all of those rights are rights to everyone. Correct. That like, they should be rights. And in fact, they are not apparently rights, according to a lot of larger companies. The only way to vote is with your dollars, really. It's true. That was actually the first Amazon order I'd placed in probably over a month, which is a new record for me, for sure. Congrats. Thank you. I mean, not that I'm like, so great because I'm still shopping in other places that probably aren't doing the best things, but I'm trying and I'm trying to not go out at all. It was such a nice day uh, earlier in the week and I really wanted to do a long walk and I shouldn't have been so surprised at how many people I saw not only not wearing masks, but being extra dicks about it. We were walking down Fifth Avenue in like the 30s, maybe. Normally, this would be an incredibly crowded area of Manhattan and there's barely anybody there. And two assholes on city bikes rode past me on the sidewalk, not wearing masks. And I said, bikes on the sidewalk and no masks? Come on. Exactly like that. And he said, shut the fuck up. So then I moved on. Because people suck. (laughs) I was like, come on, man. Why are you so angry? Like, are you embarrassed? You know, in the world where nothing's about what it's about, that's not what it's about. Oh, definitely not for, what it's about. For that guy. No, of course not. I realized I want to get a mask that says I'm wearing this for you on the outside because I think that people really don't seem to understand that wearing the mask is partially for the person wearing it, but it is mostly for the other people. That's the like most Jewish mothery thing I could possibly think Did of. Did I say it's it like, with a thick enough sure- accent? I'm doing this for you. <laughs> I mean, the guilt just comes so naturally to me as so many of us. I get it on both sides. So (laughs) I get like different types of guilt on both sides. Oh, yeah. You have the multicultural guilt. What else? I don't know. Um, I'm bored (laughs) of myself. I feel like simultaneously jealous of and annoyed by people who like have the wherewithal and the drive to create things i'm so overwhelmed like anytime a a request of any kind comes in i'm just like how could you ask me to do something right now this is insane and i actually like had an audition this week and i was like no what and i'm happy to you know apologize to my neighbors while i sing really loudly but like i'm watching people make stuff And I love the people are making stuff and the part of me that wants to make stuff all the time under the best of circumstances and like kind of can't because I'm so in my own way all the time. It's just exponential. There's not much else going on. And then there's all of this conflicting stuff on both sides where it's like, make all the things. You don't have to make anything. And I'm like, what if I want to do both and I'm the thing that's stopping me from doing all of those things? Yep. I get that. Every day I write out a schedule for myself that may or may not have times in it, but at least has like things to accomplish. And I don't get through all of them most of the time. But in the last few days, I've just looked at it and been like, 
absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not doing any of this. I'm struggling to find the middle ground where I get a little bit done most days, as opposed to going really hard for like a couple days and then being useless. Why can't I just is real loud right now. Oh, it's so frustrating. Because I'm just sitting most of the time. A friend of mine texted me about something that was kind of bothering her and I responded and then I put my phone down and then like an hour later, she was like, am I bothering you? I said, oh, no, if I don't answer you, it's because I'm staring at a wall trying to convince myself that anything matters, not because you're bothering me, because that's literally what I had done in the intervening time. I had pretty much stared at a wall. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know why I couldn't tell you what I was thinking about. But um, it seems to be a frequent activity. Staring at a wall, wondering what matters. Do you think that other people who aren't accustomed to feeling this way are finding themselves thrown for a loop? You and I, because of, you know, because we have the depression and the anxiety are sort of used to feeling this like low level staring at a wall kind of feeling. But. I sort of wonder how people who have never experienced stuff like this are experiencing it. I think everybody's probably on a spectrum. People who never have experiences like this, who now find themselves a little bit lost, there is a justifiable quote unquote reason. This is a kind of a collective trauma for the country and the world and for all of the things that we are missing and will miss and the people who have passed away and the people who won't be the same and all of that stuff, those are real things that you can point to that may be weighing on your brain. But on the other hand, I also wonder if people who aren't as in tune with themselves really find themselves wondering why they can't just, but at like a a different level, maybe. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but it's something that occurred to me. If everything was normal at this point on May 2nd, I would have been out of work again because my show was supposed to close April 11th. So I would have been doing some version of this and feeling some version of this. And it's like I'm used to that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's also no way of knowing what auditions and other opportunities might have popped up in the intervening time that don't exist right now because nothing exists right now. Sure. But the core yeah. of it would is mostly this when you're an unemployed actor. People who are used to having quote unquote nothing to do, which is never nothing to do, but just having time on your hands and vague goals is something that you kind of get used to when you are in an unstable industry. And there's people I work with, for example, I noticed this with some of the younger ones, people who had come to the company pretty much straight out of college and didn't have not only any other work identity, but particularly because of the industry that I'm in, it's pretty consuming. It can be very life consuming. And especially when you're younger and like you're in the thick of all of the activity, it can be hard to understand who you are outside of that and what is valid about you outside of that. And I definitely think some of the younger people especially were struggling with that because they had never experienced this sort of empty time where you have to kind of look at yourself in a way and figure out like, well, what do I want to do? Yeah. 
someone I was chatting with this morning was saying, my husband asked me this morning why I connect my own happiness to my productivity. And he's right. I do. But why is that a bad thing? So we were sort of going around in circles as to like, yes, it is because of white supremacy. Yes, it is because of capitalism. Yes, it is because of patriarchy. And I was like thinking back to everything that we had been talking about last week, about last week, last month. What is time? What is time? What is time? Um, you know, I was saying that like assigning quantifiable value to like each of those things about what you can produce and how you can make yourself feel about producing those things. It hits the the mouse in the maze kind of lever. And the thing I wrote in the chat was we have to find a way for worth and value to no longer a be interchangeable and b mean what we think they mean. It's something that I just vomited out of my brain without really taking a ton of time to unpack it. And I thought that... <laughs> This might be a nice place to unpack that. <laughs> There's a difference between worth and value and trying to like separate those things from what we're conditioned to make them mean while still trying to like function and be sad. I don't know. It's something. Yeah. People think of worth in a very quantifiable way. Sometimes we were talking about this last time, especially if you're filing for unemployment, you literally have to put down what you made for the last X number of quarters of your life in a way that can make you feel like this is your worth. And this is all your worth. Yeah. And worth is such a larger word than that. You know, worth encompasses the worthiness that we innately have as people living on this planet. You are worth something because you're here. Obviously, we talk about that a lot in other contexts as well. But the worth you bring to the table as a person is impossible to quantify. I don't mean the general you when I say this. I don't mean you, you. But yeah. the things that you bring to the table are hard to pick out when you're not saying, I do this for my job and I do this for my job and I fulfill this task and this task. It is hard to find worthiness outside of a checklist in a way. And value is different, but it's also directly connected to that because value, I feel like, is the emotional side of that in a way. It's hard to feel valued when you're used to getting some of that from feedback from things that you produce. And that's not just, you know, getting applause for something. It's when you turn in your work, you have accomplished something. It is a thing of value, whether or not that's deserving of praise or whatever is not really relevant. It's a thing you can point to because I'm valuable because I can make this thing. I can do this thing. And when there's nothing to make or do, not that anybody cares about, but the things that I'm realizing that I feel better for doing, nobody cares about. Like what? What do you feel good about doing? The one thing that I have managed to do is exercise every single day for the last two weeks, at least. And right. nobody cares about that. It's not impressive to other people, nor is that why I'm doing it. It's a funny thing because I look at myself and I feel proud of what I'm accomplishing. But then I also think about it and be like, well, nobody would even notice. And does it matter? Like, of course it matters, but it feels like if I'm it doing it in a you, vacuum. It matters. Things done in a vacuum feel like they can't matter that much, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I'm rambling now. I don't know either. What do you think about it's... the worth versus and in conjunction with value? I don't know. And I don't want to say I don't know, because I'm also working on having I don't know not be the first thing I say to anything. It's like a knee jerk reaction to being asked a question. It's something I battle with a lot. 
because of the way that my brain works and the way that I think about myself is that even when I am doing something that is of value in any way, I still think I am worthless. And that is something that I can't shake. So even when things are normal and even when I feel like I'm doing something that is bringing value to someone else, it still doesn't really feel like it matters, but it's not going to stop me from doing it. And I don't know how to reconcile those things. And I guess I'm thinking about it a lot right now as I'm running for office and thinking about how do I organize my accomplishments over my last term in office enough to make people want me to continue to be in office when I know that I'm actually good at this stuff and I really like doing it. But at the same time, it's sort of in direct opposition to the way I feel about myself. So I guess I'm just trying to understand that I personally, as a human person, have worth whether or not the things I do are of value to anyone else. In this particular case, though, they clearly are of value to other people. For people who don't know... I'm an elected official. An elected official. Of Actors' Equities Council. We are a representative democracy. The membership elects their leaders to set policy, much like we elect our leaders to set policy. It's hard to be your own hype person. (laughs) It's hard to be your own hype person, but this is one of those cases where I feel like you may not feel what you're doing is a big deal because you're good at it. I struggle with this a lot. The things that I am good at come easily and they don't feel like a big deal. We've talked about this. Something is more valuable, quote unquote, because it's hard. And that's not true. And just because something's hard for other people doesn't mean that it's going to be hard for you and doesn't mean that it's more or less valuable if one person does it versus somebody else. You know, if somebody else did your job and it was actually much harder for them, it doesn't make them more valuable than someone for whom it comes more naturally to be that person sounds more valuable. But I understand totally from inside your brain that doesn't really compute. And I wonder how that's making other people feel right now. In the way that that tweet that was going around where somebody was talking to like a friend of theirs who was a man who was like, I don't like going outside anymore because it makes me feel like I'm so hypervigilant and like I have to be aware of everybody and like it's just not fun to be outside. And they were like, yes, welcome to what it feels like to occupy this body all the time. Welcome. It's terrible. Glad you're here. And I feel a little bit like that, but I don't want anybody to feel this way. It just feels like, yes, welcome. We've been at this a while. Yeah, I totally get that. And I also actually get that on a more literal level because this past week, more people were furloughed from my company, which was not a surprise. You know, we do large events and those are not things that are happening right now. And there was some hope for some things being postponed that ended up being canceled. So more people, unfortunately, needed to be furloughed which partly is so that they can continue paying everybody's benefits. So it is a thing being done for the good of everyone, but it still really, really, really sucks. And I had this feeling this week where I had not been in as good touch with some of the people who hadn't been furloughed yet as I normally would be. And I think they understood this is a very strange situation and there's a lot of irrational emotion and it just felt better to just not. And when I found out what was happening this week, it kind of felt better to now say like, okay, welcome. How are you doing? I understand how terrible this is. And I felt really badly that it took me until they were in the same position as me 
it's not that I didn't feel empathetic, but I just didn't have the capacity to give them anything. And I guess just sort of understanding where they were on a more specific level, I feel like gave me the ability to give even a tiny bit back, even just in the form of saying, how are you doing? I talked about this last time, the idea that in a way I was grateful to have all this mental space to process and do whatever and not have to focus on work. But on the other hand, having something to focus on is valuable. A couple of them pretty much said it's just been so bizarre to have to get stuff done and focus on a thing that is so abstract when there's this pandemic literally swirling around us. And I have a feeling a lot of those people are actually going to feel weirdly more settled now, as opposed to waiting for the other shoe to drop. That makes sense. So that is a little bit more literal in terms of you see somebody now having an experience you're familiar with to now say like, come on in, it's going to be okay. I wonder though, for people who are dealing with it in a more abstract way, who are now kind of sitting in this, maybe not depression, but in this sort of more foggy area they're not used to, it may not make them feel very good for people like us to say welcome. Right. (laughs) That shouldn't be the case because nothing wrong with us, even for all of the things that we feel are wrong with us. No, but we want to believe that whatever it is we're going through is unique because that's just how humans are wired. Everybody wants to believe that they're special and they're unique. And it's so much in that balancing. You know, I am a completely unique, entirely solitary. There is no one that has ever been or will ever be me. And then also, everybody knows what I'm feeling. Like, that feeling of special and not special at the same time, which is so uniquely human, Yeah, this is really interesting. I think this gets to a lot of the personal conflict that I'm having with myself as well is everybody has this feeling that like nobody else feels exactly the way I do. And yet everybody is having this experience and everyone's experience is different. You and I are both in extremely privileged positions and people who don't have access to certain things are certainly experiencing this on a much more deprivation of basic needs level than we are. But it is still an emotional collective experience. And it's funny that when you feel like you're when you're in like the pit of your suffering, you're like, nobody ever feels the way I do. And then if you come out of it just enough to peek around and you can say, I feel like you do and pull somebody else to you, but they're probably in the nobody else feels the way I do thing. So it's a balance. Being human is so complicated. Isn't it, though? It feels complicated. I think it feels complicated because it is complicated. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just not that good at it. I'm smart. I'm, just, I'm not that good at humaning sometimes. Humaning is a uniquely difficult thing. Not adulting, not whatever, but just like remembering that you're a human, but that humans are animals and there are things that will be unexplained and unexplainable. That's a whole other thing. The just pure anger at the mismanagement and the cruelty and everything else is just, I've tried so hard now to filter out the shittiest of shitty stuff like I don't watch any of Trump's anything like I don't read any of his anything that's also got to be kind of hard in your house when your partner makes his living digesting and regurgitating in a different way like those things yes no it's been difficult for those reasons but also it's been difficult for Max and trying to find something to write about that isn't this I know I am and I bet a lot of people are clamoring to read literally anything else for 10 minutes. Absolutely. And it's hard to come up with what that is. 
of course it's hard to come up with what that is he has a stacy abrams piece in the daily beast today <gasps> that's exciting it's exciting i would like her to be in charge of more things i agree yeah, it's about how people shouldn't be angry that she is pushy about wanting to be vice president because other people are also pushy about it. They just don't do it out loud. And like, don't we want somebody who wants to be in charge of things? This is the thing. I feel like I've talked about this to you on this podcast before, but like there is this whole thing that drives me absolutely crazy about being an actor and about things people tell you about auditioning. So it's this like walking into the room with this energy of you're lucky that I'm here. Like, I don't really care if I get this job. That kind of feeling makes you more attractive to other people who are assessing your ability. For some reason, that is one of those ridiculous human animal things that are unexplainable. And it makes me crazy because it's also just like not how I operate. And I don't have it in me to pretend that I don't want to do the thing. And it's crazy that you should have to, but I get it. It's like, there's such like, a fine line right. yeah, between being confident, but not arrogant and showing that you want to be there without feeling like you're looking desperate. Right. It's an impossible it's... task that only women are asked to do, by the way. <laughs> uh... Want something and show you want it, but only enough nothing is right. Like whatever you do is going to be wrong, no matter what. I have it written on the front page of my website. That's just like, you know what? I don't have it in me to be like that. I want to be in the play. If you want someone who wants to be there, then I am a person you hire to do the thing. This is, you know, just me talking about a time when everything is normal. Don't you want someone there who wants to be there? You don't walk into an audition wanting people to think you're an asshole who doesn't want to be there. And then it also goes back to something that we talked about in a very early episode, which is like balancing ambition with depression. Yep. And like really wanting to go for something and your brain just stopping you before you even get out the door because it's not worth it and you lack value and you are worthless. And so it's not worth it to want anything or feel ambitious about anything. Yeah. And that actually, I feel like applies to right now, because when I can't extrapolate something past my apartment, I don't understand the point of it necessarily, even though intellectually, I certainly do understand the point of it. But while we're all living in this sort of inertia, the extra motivation is harder because it's sort of like, what does this even add up to? When do I even get to leave my house? Yeah, it got really strange when, you know, I get my meds in three month supplies and like opening the next month's bottle and realizing that I had opened the previous month's bottle while we were being like there was something time gets so nebulous. And then there are things that come by and quantify the time. Like we have a standing first Sunday of every month thing with our group of friends, a friend family dinner. And then, so that everyone can like have something on the calendar to hang out tomorrow. Today is Saturday. Tomorrow is going to be the second Zoom family dinner. And I feel really weird about that. And that's the same kind of feeling is that realizing that like I'm starting another bottle of meds in quarantine. Yeah, I get it. We're all over the place today. All over the place. Also, my computer is going to die. Hey, Only Slightly Dead Inside is Julianne Bilker and Nico Lanzaroni. Our theme song, Motown Mo Problems, was composed by Joel B. New and Robbie Roselle designed our logo. Find and follow us on all the social medias by searching Slightly Dead Pod and check out our website, slightlydeadpod.com. If you are in crisis or feel like you might be a danger to yourself or someone else, turn this off and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 
or text the crisis text line at 741-741. Someone is always there to hear you and you are worth hearing. Oh, fuck. What were we talking about?